Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Good morning. Thank you for joining me again today, and welcome to Life Point. Today, I want to talk about really being a heart of a champion. You know, we, of course, I say we, I use a lot of sports analogies, and a lot of the reason was is I was an athlete, and I also coached for years and years, and uh, and so talking about championships and things like that, you use sports analogies. But there's other uh, there's other things too that we're a champion of. Being a champion in our field, whatever you're doing, being a champion, maybe you're a loan officer, maybe you're a good loan officer, being a champion in your field, or a real estate person, or a car salesman, or whatever it might be. I had my hand in a number of years ago. I used to sell hot tubs at the fair for my friend that owned Calspa. And man, I, I was very fortunate, did very well and and uh, made some extra money for the summer. It was just, it was a lot of fun, but you can be a champion in, in every form of life. But you know what? It takes something to do that. So we're going to talk about that today. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for this great day. Thanks for another day to live for you, another day to walk with you, another day to proclaim the name of Jesus. Lord, I give you thanks and walk with us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you read in 1 Corinthians 9, 25 through 27, and it'll be a very familiar passage to many of you. And this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church of Corinth, which had a lot of struggles. Corinth was the church in the New Testament that had tons of struggles. But this is what he said to them. Everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. They do it to get the crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Well, that's an interesting uh, passage of Scripture, isn't it? You know, you work with discipline. You know, you 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 live life so that you can have a crown that lasts forever, and that is being with Jesus in heaven. He said, I don't run like a man that's running aimlessly. You know, you, you spend discipline, and that's the spiritual life, and people sometimes don't like hearing that, but it is the truth. We need to have discipline in our spiritual lives. You know, it's, uh, and when I think of, my sports analogies over the years, especially in coaching. I, I learned a lot in coaching. I read books by uh, John Wooden and Vince Lombardi and, and uh, just other sports uh, people and, and read how they were successful and some of the ideas they had. And, and I used some of those ideas. One of the girls' teams that I coached that was a great team, I really took from, uh, from John Wooden's book and some of the things that he did and and kind of uh, surrounded my girls with that kind of uh, teaching. And, man, we went on to have great, great team. And so you you got to learn from people. Well, the Word of God gives us all sorts of things to learn by. We learn by the Scriptures that, that teach us how to live and, and choices to make. But there's an old saying that champions don't become champions in the ring. They are merely recognized there. And how good that is. Because the training that takes place is absolutely grueling. 
my cousin was very much into uh, boxing. Everything was about boxing. But when you start looking at people and you start hearing the training that boxers go through, I mean, it's immense training. It's not just running, running and and with extra weight on. It's not and just going in the ring and just doing so many um, jump ropes. You can you just you just almost torture your body because you want to be in shape, be able to fight. And when you in boxing, if you know you're going to get hit a ton in the gut, and if you don't have a tightened gut, you know you're going to you're going to knock the breath out of you, and this and that. You're not going to last raw long in the ring. So they had to train, and that's the same thing as I coached basketball and football. Yes, I I ran my kids. I said you we've got to run. You've got to be in shape to be able to deal. If you're in better shape than the other team, you're going to have an advantage. And so we did a lot of physical training. I understand coaches that do physical training because it is uh, vital. I was fortunate in 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 early high school. I went to Greenleaf and I had a man named uh, Wayne Pumphrey, uh, not Gene Pumphrey, was my coach, and he was a uh, been a track guy all his life and and led cross country teams. Really wasn't a basketball coach, but he did a good job with us because he was so good with kids. But he'd have us go out and run four and five miles like cross-country people. We would sprint for 100 yards, then we would jog, sprint, jog. We were in the best shape ever that year in playing basketball, the best shape ever because he trained us to be in good shape. He trained us to uh, be able to handle the length of a game. One of the most famous quotes of a president is Theodore Roosevelt uses a boxing analogy. He said, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbled or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes short again and again, who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, and spends himself in a worthy cause, himself in a worthy cause. He takes time to make sure that he is prepared. Well, I think if you're going to be a heart of a champion, we've got to be prepared. And the greatest preparation we can have in life is spending time with God, with God's word, with the people of God, around godly friends. It's just, it's very, very vital. And I love it, people that are so saturated in the church, they go to everything. Growing up, my dad, of course, was a pastor, and and we had services. We had Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night services. That's just the way it was. We always knew that's where our priority was. We'd go Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And some people say, man, three services in a week? Yes, and we loved it. We enjoyed it. It was it was amazing. But over the years, the evening services faded, and, and the Wednesday services went to more. And nowadays, and even in our church, we go to the small group principle, and then we use other fellowship day things for fellowship and, and this kind of thing. But, you know, to dedicate it to the cause, way back in the 1700s, 1800s, the people were very dedicated to the cause of Jesus. Even the pilgrims were uh, often talked about with their services. Their church house was a place where people gathered to meet, gathered to learn, gathered to grow, gathered to help each other. But over the years, that has faded. And now, of course, even in services, uh, they are saying attendance is down 
uh, a great deal. Even since COVID, it's it's just gone south that people are so used to not coming to church now that they've given into that lifestyle. Well, I'm telling you, folks, if I was you, if I was you, I'd encourage you to be in the house of God somewhere, somewhere to go and just worship and be a part of a great of a great church. My daughter now, as I've talked about often, she goes to a church, City of Hope Church, and they now have a Thursday night service down at, at downtown uh, by the Capitol. And so they go to the Thursday night. So they offer a Thursday night and two Sunday mornings. And I see why they do, because we went there during the, our sabbatical three times, and our Sunday morning churches were full. And so they're trying to make other opportunity for people to go. And, and so they're going going and being a part of that. I appreciate their dedication to be involved in a church. Then they have small group on Wednesday nights. So they're Wednesday and Thursday nights. You know, they're tied up. And if they want to do something Sunday or go to another church, they can. But, you know, it, it, it takes commitment and it takes heart. And the truth of the matter is we live in an age that the enemy tells us you don't need that. You don't need the Bible. You don't need the church. You just need to make the best decisions you can make in your own. You'll be okay. Folks, don't fall to the deception of the enemy. The enemy would love us to not be faithful. He would love us to stay out of the Bible. He would love us not to pray. He would love us not to talk Jesus. But let's just do the opposite. Let's love Jesus. Let's be a faithful people. Let's make a difference in this world. Together, we can make a difference. Let's raise those statistics that are out there that are going backward. Let's turn it around. You know, if you know something's going south, what do you do? You turn it around. It's kind of like going down a road. You know, one time I was going to, uh, I can't remember, out the Walla Walla area, somewhere out that way, and I was heading down, and I went, I took a wrong, Denise was sleeping, and I took a wrong turn. And come to find out I'd gone like 70 miles out of the way. You know, so what did I do? Did I keep going that 70 miles? Well, I kind of wanted to because I didn't want to go back. But no, I had to turn it around. I had to turn around and get going the right direction again. And that's like when you go down a one way, which I did about three months ago, started going down a one way accidentally. And all of a sudden I saw these cars coming in both lanes. I thought, how odd is that? To realize that I was wrong and so what did I, I pulled over and made a U-turn and got going the right right direction and uh, avoided an accident. But when you're going the wrong direction, you're looking for an accident. When you're going the wrong way, when you're not living like a champion, when you're not living like you should, eventually, folks, it's going to catch up with you, whether it's in your family, whether it's in your personal relationship, whatever it might be, it's going to catch up with you. Because discipline is so valuable to us, and I want us to really consider being a heart of a champion. Read again 1 Corinthians 9, 25 through 27. You know, run aimlessly. I do not run aimlessly. I do fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body. I make it work. And that's what we have to do. We have to make things work. I don't want to be disqualified for the prize, Paul says. He works in a way that would change lives. And that's what the Apostle Paul did. And many thousands and thousands, millions probably, of lives now today were touched and continue to be touched by Paul's story in the Word of God. What is your story? Are you standing up on the promises of God? 
Are you living each day for Him? You can. Let's make a choice to do that today, shall we? Lord bless you. Have a great day. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.